welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. The interview this week is with Kieran Roy, president of Arts and Crafts Records, but I'll get to that in a bit. I don't know if you guys noticed, but a big update came down the pipe. New logo, new app. There's communities now, groups, I guess. Uh, you'll see that there's like a Toronto talk section, I guess if you're listening to this and using the app in Toronto, where you can start discussions on the app. There's a home zone now on the app or apartment zone, a helping zone, and of course, trading still intact. A whole host of new features. I'm actually going to have somebody from the office, uh, from the Buns office, jump on and talk to us about what's going on with the app but until I do that let's um, put a pin in that I don't know what else to say but uh, if you've got any feedback about the new app email me podcast at buns.com and now it's time for this week in buns <laughs> Hey Buns, welcome to this week in Buns. My name is Koji and with me as always is Callie B. Hi. Hope you guys had a good week. A lot of changes coming down the pipe in the Buns world, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, big news today. Yeah, did you see the new app? I haven't actually had a chance to look at the app on my phone yet, no. Yeah, it's uh, looking pretty, pretty good. But... Uh, I talked enough Very about that in the opening to the show, so let's just get to uh, get what's right going to on this week. Yeah, what well, do you got for us? Valentine's Day is fast approaching, Uh-oh. and I've been seeing um, an uptick in Valentine's-related buns posts. Have you? So here's one. Did you see the cards? Um, this was literally posted four hours ago, so you may not have seen them yet. I do um, not posted in the main zone it's a photo of four cards but apparently there are more than just these four in existence like they have multiples of the cards if you want one uh they are mm-hmm. shitty greeting cards um this says limit one per person but then it also says you're welcome to take more if you're willing to bring me beer so i guess there isn't actually a limit of one per person uh they have multiples of each card so it's like one of them is a heart with a little like stinky poop emoji sitting on the side. And then inside the card, it says, don't shit on my heart. <laughs> and then I like it. the next one is just like a big poo emoji. And it says, you're the shit. And then inside it says, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Will you pee my valen poo is a is a classic. <laughs> These are like ridiculous. If you wow. want a really ridiculous valentine's day card for your girlfriend koji hit this bun up because they've got four poop you know themed. i have <laughs> already gotten a um a valentine's day card or i would oh shit you're really on the ball there <laughs> well i mean i just found a uh a something that i i knew that you would really like mm-hmm. uh not not card wise i just mean like present wise right, and right. so i was like well i have the present i might as well it. just get a card so yeah i'm not yeah. usually this this prepared in fact i'm usually not at all prepared because i never know when valentine's day is it's always the 14th of february i know but in my <laughs> head for some reason i think it's the 15th oh, i don't know why but every year i'm like oh it's the 15th 
Well, my birthday is... I was supposed to be born on Valentine's Day, so I definitely know when it is. <clears throat> I was early by four days, so... Oh. Uh, you know, that's, okay. You're, you're alone in thinking that it's on the 15th there. Well, okay, so I have some more Valentine's Day stuff. <clears throat> um, did you see... There was somebody today, or I guess 19 hours ago, so it was technically yesterday. Somebody found a present. So if you went Valentine's Day shopping uh, and you lost your present, which was Avon makeup, uh, Kalina has found it. So she said, Buns, did you do some Valentine's Day shopping for a loved one from Avon? Did you lose your present around the Bloor Brock area? All hope and love is not lost. The box was crushed, but the gift is safe. PM me with what you bought and what's written on it to claim it. How? Um, okay. So my question is, how did they know this was a Valentine's Day gift? I don't know. I mean, it says PM me with what you bought and what's written on it. So maybe there was... Oh, there's like a card or something? A card that like isn't in an envelope or maybe it was just written on the outside of... Because uh, this says the box was crushed, but the gift is safe. So maybe it was a box that instead of a card had like happy valentine's day like snookums like written on the outside or something i love uh, how so your mind just goes to snookums immediately <laughs> it was literally just the first pet name i could think of i don't call anyone snookums maybe i should sure, sure you don't <laughs> um i thought it was nice though that somebody's trying to reunite a Valentine's Day present. So if you or someone you know lost uh, some Avon makeup, <clears throat> uh, hit up Kathleena or Kalina. We will have the, just like we always do, they're usually a couple of days late because I suck. Um, but we will have the links to all the posts we're talking about today up in the Buns podcast zone, uh, which you can request to join. It's not like a secret hidden group. Uh, so we'll have the links there. If you lost this, go claim your present. Or if you're just really good at guessing, try your best. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I've got something for uh, someone who may be lonely on Valentine's Day. Oh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you saw these. In fact, I know that you saw them because I'm pretty sure you sent them to me. Um it is a series of lewd coasters. Oh, yeah. Butts on butts on butts. <laughs> yeah. There's well, it's not even just butts, though. Happening. There's, like, a lot of ball action. Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. also, it's just coasters filled with, um, I guess, like, illustrations of, of, of naked men in various positions. Yeah. Very revealing positions. Yeah. If that's kind of <laughs> your thing. Uh, hit up the Buns Podcast Zone. There are and 87 comments on this, by the way. Yeah, and <laughs> there's an inordinate amount of people tagged on these. So it's as if everyone thinks that their friends would be totally into this. <laughs> I'm into them. They're pretty great. Yep. You know, so if you got any lonely nights coming up on Valentine's Day, these, these coasters might just get you through it. Uh, okay, so... I've got one more Valentine's-y one. Um, this one is actually pretty heartwarming and really cool idea. Okay. And it still needs people to help with it, I believe. So I'm listening. Uh, Tara, 
Uh, it says, hey, Bunzers, in lieu of the usual chocolates and cunnilingus for Valentine's Day, a group of my girlfriends and I are opting to spend the day putting together gift baskets for the women at our local shelter. We're looking for any of the following items. Unopened toiletries like toothbrushes, toothpaste, body wash, soap, lotions, cosmetics, etc. Uh, tampons and pads especially uh, are often needed by um, shelters. Um, gift cards for like Tim Hortons, Shoppers Drug Mart, Walmart, or grocery stores, etc. Uh, tokens, bus tickets, or bus passes. I thought tokens were not a thing that you were allowed to use anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but if you have any of those things and are willing to donate them, please PM Tara. Uh, she posted this on the main trading zone. Um, her and her friends want to shower women with love this Valentine's Day. So if you guys have any stuff, uh, this was only posted 20 hours ago. There's a lot of comments already, but I'm sure the more the merrier um, as far as donations go. So as far as I know, uh, tokens are still uh, in use. I thought they were phasing them out like now o'clock, but maybe they uh, haven't quite gone Well, yet. I, I don't think that they've quite finished. Um, why can't I speak English? Jesus. Uh, I don't think that they've finished... Uh, retrofitting all of the uh, stations with uh, the presto Pass passes. Things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, okay. Do you have any other Valentine's, you guys, or is is that? No, I wasn't even thinking about Valentine's Day when I started doing this stuff. I am so bad, but yeah, no, no, no Valentine's um, Day stuff. Did you see? The cross stitches, because they are fucking amazing. And there's actually kind of a Valentine's Day themed one uh, that's like one of those little Valentine's Day hearts, the uh, conversation hearts. And no. it says, can you not? These are so cool. Uh, so Sean Alexandra was sick with bronchitis uh, for a couple of weeks and posted on the main zone, I cross-stitched some things over the past few weeks while having bronchitis. Not viral, don't be afraid, okay? ISO, apocalypse tonight, or wine or tokens or whatever. Uh, these are amazing. Um, I don't know why it's like the most casual, like, oh, hey, I cross-stitched some stuff, and then it's like the coolest fucking cross-stitches you've ever seen. There's like a buns troll, there's <clears throat> a unicorn that says feminist as fuck, there's the nail paint emoji, and it says The X-Files one, man. Yeah, there's like an X-Files one, the I Want to Believe poster, and they're all like these amazing little cross stitches. Um, these are so cool, and I want absolutely all of them. I'm pretty sure that they've all been traded already because <laughs> they're so fucking cool. Yeah, I'm totally into it for sure. I really uh, liked the little roll. What else do I have? Well, um... <laughs> Speaking of some weird kind of uh, handmade goods, although these aren't really handmade, but uh, made by buns nonetheless, Vanessa, my homegirl, what's up, Vanessa, is looking for 3D printed nin Super Nintendo cartridge holders. Oh, yeah, this is a really cool idea. Yeah, if you're able to do the printing yourself, we can uh, work that out. Otherwise... Uh, if you can design something that she, because she's looking for some custom-made ones, and then yeah, she'll just go to the library and the print them out. That shows uh, it's like a white tray that has like little slots for you to put your games in. Yeah. Um, and she wanted them to be able to mount on the wall, which is a really like I love the idea of having like 
all your sweet <laughs> retro games like on the wall next to your TV. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like people, most people display like all of the like books that they've read on like bookshelves. That I think it's really cool to like do the same thing with your retro video games. Well, the weird thing about this is um, I immediately sent her a message you know, when she posted this saying like, I got the guys for you. And I sent over the information for the guy who makes the 3D printed drakes as well as the guy who makes the wizards. And she's oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're buddies. Like, I know these people. And I'm like, then why, why even post this? <laughs> you you oh, have. forgot that she had, I know. She had friends in 3D printing places. Probably. But if, if anyone's going to be able to do it, it's those guys, right? True. So. Very true. What else you got on tap for us? Um, I actually have um, I have so many things this week. I have an update from last week, which I should Ooh. have done at the top of the show and forgot about. I believe we talked about uh, Dion was ISO a drag queen to take their landlady to the Eaton Center. Right. Uh, so the update one was might have one drag queen to take her to the mall, but we will also take others uh, if there were other drag queens that wanted to go. Um, but they're thinking we should swap for either manicures and a ride in style for this special day. Anyone do manicures or want to be the chauffeur? Uh, and then the update two was if we do have a draggle of gaggle of drag queens to take her to the mall, uh, it looks like a manicure is out. Um, as suggested by the first drag queen, because apparently Dion brought up manicures uh, to her this this like this feisty old lady who's like sixty. Um, if you didn't listen to the last episode um, last week, uh, really wanted a drag queen to take her to the mall. Um, and when when Dion suggested uh, that they get manicures, the landlady replied no because they use the same tools on cooters and pooters uh which is ridiculous (laughs) she sounds like and then even dion was like where does she come up with this stuff this will be an interesting day uh so they've already like they're they're planning this out i'm really hoping for uh, man i wish that like maybe dion should like go with them and like snapchat or like internet story or like facebook live the entire thing because i would watch the shit out of this like crude old lady going to the mall with a bunch of drag queens it sounds yeah like, we need video someone needs to film this i need lots of photos yeah Pixar. Pixar didn't happen yeah for real uh okay well Here's kind of a, a strange one for you, too. Not strange. I just really like this. Uh, Maddie posted, I misheard a customer and poured an extra Statford's Pilsner. Pick up in the next 20 minutes at the local in Roncesvalles. ISO a selfie who, with the person who comes to pick up the drink. I loved this. I also had this to talk about this week. This is one of the truest like buns trades and buns yeah. posts ever. What a great moment. What a great Buns moment because then later on uh, you see the selfie. Yeah, you can scroll down in the comments and there's a sweet photo of the uh, person who overpoured the beer and the person who came and took it off their hands. This is like the like the most pure and true. <laughs> like yeah, honestly, I, I've never seen anything more Buns. Well, maybe one or two things, but pretty fucking Buns. All right, what else? Uh, what else you got on tap for us? Oh, good segue. Um, all right. So, did you see the weird uh, folk art thing 
you know we have like weird weird dudes every once in a while and like a couple weeks ago we had somebody who had a weird uh like giraffe uh in their house and they were like trading this like other weird figurine do you remember that guy it's kind yeah. of similar to that and then um, someone was like yo i got that same giraffe or whatever yeah someone was like i have that same weird giraffe that weird and because the post was like gift of this nightmare creature to somebody you hate which was amazing uh so this one is actually very similar uh anna posted in the main zone Apparently, this was a gift from one of my uncle's ex-girlfriends who was very into, quote, folk art. Don't ask me how this got into my hot little hands, but needless to say, it is not my cup of tea. Maybe it's yours? Maybe you can gift it to someone and claim it's an old relic from Paris, Ontario. Maybe you can prank your friends and place this unknowingly in their space. I don't know. It's about 12 inches tall. Make me in an offer. Box of Kleenex? Sure. Token? Sure. Food? Sure. Tea? Sure. Are there oddities for my curio cabinet? Most deaf. And then this thing is like, it's kind of terrifying. It's, it looks like a... I don't even know how to describe it, really. Turn up potato with a face and then wings. And the whole thing looks like it was made out of um, nylons stuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like pillowcase stuffing. But then it's sitting on, like, a baton. Like, you could use this as a talking stick, maybe. Why, why does it have a face, though? I don't know. And it even has, like, a weird... It looks like the wings are, like, held on by a weird, like, breastplate thing that has, like, rope attached to it. I don't know. This thing is just fucking weird. Uh... People are even asking in the comments, like, are the hands sweet potatoes? Like, nobody understands, like, yeah. what is going on with this thing. I don't, I don't really know, know if know anyone's gotten it yet. If you guys want a really fucking weird folk art thing to put in your house, hit up this post. Because uh, you could definitely terrify some people with that guy. Well, speaking of terrifying, Mitchell says, hey, Buns. I'm considering getting an Ants in My Eyes Johnson tattoo because he is one of the greatest characters on Rick and Morty. And any artist looking to do a fun piece like this... Oh, are there any artists looking to do a fun piece like this? And if so, what, what would you like? And if you guys do not know Ants in My Eyes Johnson, it is... First of all, it's terrifying, but you should immediately YouTube it because it, it is one of my favorite Rick and Morty moments of all time. So it is good. literally and a guy... With just Someone answer. was this as a Halloween costume and posted it on Buns. It was very popular. Uh, and somebody even mentions that in the comments of this post, which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> so good. So um, into it. I hope this happens. Uh, if somebody does this Ants in My Eyes tattoo, uh, we're going to need photo proof. Oh, yeah. Without question. Without question. Um, speaking of terrifying... Um, Kate posted her boyfriend's bloody wisdom teeth. Ooh, I saw that. <laughs> uh, she said, my boyfriend had his wisdom teeth taken out today, and here they are, still bloody. I know you weirdos are into this stuff, so show me what you got. <laughs> That's These awful. These actually wisdom teeth. These four Ooh. wisdom teeth are perfect. They are, like, pristine. Usually they have to get broken into, like, two or three pieces. When I got my wisdom teeth out, I only had one. Uh, that was in this good of a condition and all four of these are perfect 
I saw it for half of a second, immediately wanted to throw up, and then moved on. Someone in the comments is like, do you want him to get cursed? Because that's how you get cursed, uh, which I thought was pretty good. Well, pretty funny. to wash that taste out of my mouth, seems like Tisha is back at it again. Go uh, on. Posting some cakes. Oh, I saw that cake. The, like, multi-layered insanity cake. Yeah. I didn't get it to do exactly the way I wanted it to, but here's my replica. Next time I'll do more layers. Tisha and I at one point were in talks for a cake, and I think it kind of fell through, probably because I, I lost track of, of the chat, and I feel horrible about it, but I still really want to taste some of her cake. She lo looks like they're amazing. Like, she's A-plus cake bun. I don't even know if that one's been spoken for yet. You might be able to get the multi-layer cake. Ooh, good point. That exists already. Uh, speaking of food and pure buns trades, mm -hmm. um, there was a really great one that Tao put up in the main zone that was free food. I ordered Foodora, and the driver gave me extra food from a canceled order. I already have food and won't eat the extra food. Uh, it's a bit warm, so it was made not long ago. And then it was like, someone please take it. I don't want to waste it. Which I thought was so great. It was just like, oh, I got given this free food, but obviously I already have a bunch of foods. So, like, take this faux and, like, beef subs. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm into I, it. I thought it was pretty cool. I am 100% into it. I would like some free faux and, oh, I don't know. How come I'm never a party to any of these sweet, sweet... Uh, you got to be quick on the food ones, I think. Those go pretty fast. Although I can't complain. I mean, buns did keep me alive for, like for a month. month man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really have nothing to, to be upset about. Well, um, speaking of a month on buns, this kind of reminded me of it. Uh, Maya had posted that she is moving into an amazing new one-bedroom apartment uh, and it's finally, it's so blessed to finally be living alone. However, she has nothing. I'm ISO basically the contents of an entire apartment. And do you have any, have any of these? Let me know. I can't speak today. She's looking for a ooh, oddly specific black coffee table, plates, cutlery, coffee cups, water boiler, blender, juicer, ice tray, cleaning supplies, toilet paper, mason dryers, baking tray, Brita, Tupperware containers, pots and pans, storage drawers, black shelf, odds and ends, spice rack, knives, garbage bin, window curtains. Oh, man. If you guys literally have any stuff in your house that you don't want, <laughs> trade it to Maya because she needs everything. Yes. Uh, I don't think that she'll have a problem. I mean, the stuff that she's looking for isn't... Uh, it looks like she has like a blender and a coffee maker and like plates and cutlery already for offer in the comments, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. People are like offering her magic bullets and like full sets of Tupperware. That's why I love buns. Like you can yep. literally this girl at the end of this, maybe you should interview her, is literally going to have an entire house like furnished by buns. Good for her. <laughs> which is so cool. Um, did you see uh, Pika Del Rey? No. What's that? Amazing. Uh, so, uh, Carly posted. And this is another, like, great, like, pure and true sort of buns trade. She's not even really asking for much in return. Uh, she says, festival buns, 
multiple people can use it and we could sort out a list depending on which festival you plan on going to uh so put your hand up if you think you're going to one let's make this fun if you're planning on going to a music festival this year and need a poll to join you and your crew i made pika del rey last year for way home and had a blast with my crew and festival goers who wanted to bring it along and dance during their favorite performances um, well, I plan on going to a festival again. Why not give Pika a chance to travel with a new group? It's in mint condition, no rain or damage done. Uh, even open to having things added to the poll to add a memory of the festival it went to. I have so nothing. I'm open to even having it passed along to a couple of people, and once the festivals are done, I'll take it back and put it in storage so it's safe for the following year. Maybe an Instagram tag just so I can track you and see its journey, uh, which is really cool. I would definitely follow that Instagram tag. So if you look at this post, um, when people go to festivals, they, especially Way Home, I think was actually the first music festival that I saw this at. But oh, really? People had, yeah, um, I've been to a lot of music festival and I've never seen this before, but every They have it at Bonnaroo as well, but I oh, guess really? it's the same I sort of festival, so. Right, so it's like a pole with a thing on the end, uh, like a sign, or some of them were like light up guys. There were some Rick and Morty ones. Uh, it was cool, and it was like there's a thing on the end, so you can be like basically, so you can your find friends your friends to meet me at the Pikachu head. Yeah, so this one is a um, Pika Del Rey. It looks like a Lana Del Rey Pikachu. It's like a Pikachu head pillow with a bunch like a flower crown uh, and a bunch of flowers at the base. So if you want to take Pika Del Rey uh, dance with this little cutie at a festival. Hit up Carly. It's kind of like the sisterhood, like the buns hood of the traveling, like Pika pole. Nice. Uh, everyone can use this. I think it'll be really cool to like, if there actually is a tag for this, like I would totally follow that on Instagram and see all of the different buns, like passing this around and using it at various festivals. So if you are going to a music festival this year, I'm sure a lot of you are. Hit up Carly and take the Pika because it's a pretty, pretty cute, pretty cute little guy to carry around. I really want to go to Boston Calling. But anyway, that's <laughs> not why we're here. Let's talk about some other interesting bun stuff. I saw this and it struck a chord with me because I know exactly what's up. Samara, Samara, sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, is ISO Karaoke Friends. Oh, I saw I that. <laughs> I want to go to the Fox and Fiddle on Bloor by St. George. We'll buy you a drink. Yes, I am buying your friendship, and no, I'm not ashamed. I just want to sing, and my friends don't like singing. First of all, first of all, I love the Fox, uh, I the one on karaoke. Bloor by St. George, because I used to go. They have karaoke almost every night, and I used to go there uh, religiously, religiously, multiple times a week. The drinks are so cheap, mm -hmm. and... Uh, to the point where I got in pretty good with the guy who was running the karaoke on the nights that we would go. And he would play a little game with us where he would randomly choose a song, not knowing if we would know it or not, like me and my friends, and just call us up and be like, uh, to the stage now we have, you know, whoever, Jonathan. And it, Doing you Spice know. Girls. <laughs> yeah, but it w sometimes it wouldn't be as obvious. And so... Like you, and you just kind of have to suffer through it. But it was fun. That's amazing. So yeah. Uh, so what I'll be your karaoke you friend, but as yeah. But uh, if you guys want to sing some karaoke, get on this post. 
I love karaoke. I would totally go. Um, okay, I got like two more. Um, one that I just thought was kind of cool um, and that seemed to work out because we have an update on it already. Uh, Izzy posted, hey, artistic buns. Do you want your artwork featured in a published comic? ISO a Toronto artist, preferably female, to do a pinup illustration of our lead character and kick-ass female superhero E-Fantastic. Um, also, when we say pinup, we don't mean playboy, pinup girl, just your rendition of our character. Trading, we'll give more details if you PM and then Tate, like a link to a person. Uh, and then they posted a picture that's like the front cover of this comic, which looks really cool. Like I kind of want to like get my hands on one of these and read it when it's finished. I was uh, just about to say that this was going to be my next uh, my next post. I really want to read this comic. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I stole it, um, but it looked really cool. And I they apparently got a lot of submissions, um, so I'd be really interested to see how this worked out. I like it. I'm into it. Update. I am 100% into it. Uh, I want to read whatever comic comes out of this. So if you remember me, if you're hearing this, by the time the comic comes out, let's talk. You know, we'll put you on the show. We'll put you on the show. Uh, maybe get some more people to buy the comic. Anyway, I am out of post now because that was my last one. Well, I have... Man, I feel like I feel like weird talking about the melodica because it was really posted on Kijiji, Ooh. and not originally posted on um, Buns. Tell me um, more. But, and I feel like you, or maybe you weren't. I thought that somebody tagged you in this. I should have tagged you in this. Um, so many people have now posted it on Buns because it seems like a Buns post. I've seen three different people post this Kijiji ad on Buns. So I guess it's attached to Buns now, even though it originally wasn't. Uh, so what the original ad says is, the guy who slept with my girlfriend left his melodica here. Price, $100. Um, some asshole from NYC came to town, slept with my girlfriend, and left the most annoying instrument known to man and or woman, it's 2017, at my house. Don't ask. I take so total I offense. I take total I offense like to this. The instrument is useless. But here I am letting my personal bias taint the beauty of this airblown key thing known as the melodica. It's got a nice color design, which I think is pretty sharp, as well as a strap for your hand to keep it steady while you play. Kind of how, like how that two-timing discounted pair of yoga pants played me. But I digress. Come grab it for $100 or best offer. Also, I'll throw in a MacBook charger because I'm a good guy. Uh, Fucking $100, eh? I should sell my melodica. But this does, to be fair, come with a MacBook charger, which alone is like $100 if you buy it new. So not a bad deal. Uh, though I feel the need to defend the melodica i played the melodica in a previous band that i was in me too <laughs> really yeah <laughs> they're adorable everybody fucking loves it when you get it out on stage it's a crowd pleaser mine was yeah. cute and like powder blue it had a little powder blue case that i carried it around in oh mine i had uh, the powder blue case but mine was yellow great instrument yeah Fuck i actually have guy. three of them <laughs> really I've, yeah because people That's started a lot of melodicas People started seeing them at like thrift stores and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you you play the instrument here. Here's another one." That's funny. You're like, but it's the same. <laughs> like, do they sound different? Um, I don't know. I only ever played the one. The one that I had had like a a little like accordion like tube that came out of it, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the other ones that this were given to me just had a straight up mouthpiece. 
Yeah, mine had both. You could like attach. That's why it had a case, so you could like carry it around and switch them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great instrument though. But I, it's I thought this was kind of funny just because it it seemed like it should be on buns, uh, even though it was originally Kijiji. Crazy. Um, last but certainly not least, uh, my favorite post of the entire week, actually. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. The uh, the um, the quest for the ugly horse art. I don't know if you saw oh, this. Oh yes, I did see this. Um, update in the comments. So this person, Mike Brown, ISO of a big fat juicy, i.e. stupid buns miracle. Two years ago, my sister got me a horribly overpriced and equally ugly 3D piece of horse quote art pictured that she insisted that I hang in every place I live from now till eternity. Needless to say, I bided my time to get her back for saddling haha, me with this monstrosity, and finally it appeared to me in the form of a knitted horse that was somehow framed in a basement art store in the southeast corner of Dundas and Spadina. Sadly, I did not have the $40 cash uh, that I needed at the time uh, that my coworkers and I haggled that bad boy to when I saw it in December. With my sister's birthday approaching this weekend, I drafted up a nice fuck you birthday letter and walked over to the art store Oof. only to find out that it had been closed down so he couldn't get the terrible horse art that he'd found. Needless to say, I'm now fucking scrambling to find some sort of terrible, preferably framed piece of horse-related crap to gift to her as the perfect piece of shit. Please help me, Buns. You're my only hope. I'll trade anything for this within reason, even my prized eight-inch tall mini-me doll pictured because you know I'll get more likes with it. Just uh, oddly aggressive. So aggressive. And this fucking 3D horse polo art is disgusting and amazing. It even is in like a gold frame. Like you guys need to go to Bun's podcast zone and find the links just to see this thing. It is a monstrosity. Um, there are a bunch of comments. <clears throat> Actually, this is where I found that weird folk art because somebody posted it in the comments suggesting that he give his sister that weird folk art thing from earlier in the show. Um, yeah. But he really was, had his heart set on, like, horse-only bad art. Uh, so somebody had posted in the comments, this was at Value Village a while back. I regret not buying it for many reasons. And then it's, like, their Instagram photo of this ridiculous painting that is two horses facing each other over, like, a sunset. But between, you know, like, those, um, those like, uh, like visual eye trick paintings that it's like is this a vase or is it two faces like right, facing right. each yeah, other yeah. just like that but two horses facing each other and in between the two horses there's a face so the horses make the faces hair but then it's two horses uh and it's terrible um and unfortunately the person hadn't bought it uh, and after a bunch of like offers and stuff in the comments, this person literally just recreated that terrible painting and painted it themselves. Whoa. So if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a picture of Mike Brown uh, saying, update, well, everyone let me down because no one offered me anything that was both horse related and attainable. I decided to try my hand at making my own art. Here's a picture. Please tell me how I did, but be kind. I am new at doing art. And it literally looks exactly the same as the one that was posted in the comments above. And I even was like, did you go to Value Village and find that? 
because it looks exactly the same. And I was like, or did you actually perfectly copy it? And he was like, I actually perfectly copied it. <laughs> uh, so, oh, also he's available uh, for an interview. Should you want to interview him, Koji? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he, he offered when I was like asking him if he like painted it himself. And he was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Do you need me for an interview? <laughs> nice uh so yeah i thought that was that was honestly like this buns post made my week with all of the like ugly horse art oh some creative buns out there i can't believe they uh they just opted to create it themselves i don't know if i could ever pull something like that off no me neither but good but on you though he did a good job all right well it's it and has to hang it in her house forever i think that's this week in buns if i'm not that mistaken so, uh, unless week. we miss anything, guys, let us know what's up. Uh, Donate to that Valentine's Day shelter project. Join yeah. Bun's podcast zone so you can see all the links to the threads that we talked about. Um, and either get your present that you lost back or donate to the, uh, the shelter boxes that are going out for Valentine's Day. Yeah, and until next time... Keep on bonzing. Boom. Bye, guys. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. All right. So, like I said at the top of the show, the interview this week is with Kieran Roy, president of Arts and Crafts Productions. If you don't know who Arts and Crafts is, they are a Toronto-based record label that has put out some of my all-time favorite records. I mean, basically, it started with um, anything broken social scene, but, uh, you know, you'll see Andy Kim, Andy Schauf, Bad, Bad, Not Good, the New Japan Droids records, of course, all the broken social scene side projects, Kevin Drew, Amy Milan, Jason Collette. There's, I mean, I could honestly go on forever but um if you're at all curious about record labels or uh, beer or baseball have a listen to the interview here's but i don't want you to fake it i want to give you something real but i don't know where to start darling let's make a Hey, Buns. All right, so you may hear some background noise in this uh, in this interview because we are doing it at none other than Leftfield Brewery. If you don't know what that is, uh, I suggest that you Google it immediately and then come have a marshmallow-flavored beer. Uh, anyway, I am here with Kieran from, is it Arts and Crafts Productions? That's right. Well, you know what? I'll let you introduce yourself so people can get used to your voice. Why don't you uh, tell them all about yourself? What do you do at Arts and Crafts Productions? Uh, well, hi. Thanks for having me. My name is Kieran. I am the uh, president and one of the co-owners of Arts and Crafts. Uh, we are a boutique Toronto uh, independent music company. Uh, have been around for a little bit more than a decade. And uh, other than that, I'm a, I'm a proud Torontonian and a father and a baseball fan and a lover of kind of all things music. And fine beers. That's right. So before we get into the whole 
record label business. Uh, did you grow up in Toronto? Uh, I did not, actually. I grew up um, in the Burbs, uh, you know, most notably in Kitchener. And then I moved to Toronto, uh, you know, kind of post-university as an adult. Right, okay. And I, I assume that, uh, you know, becoming the <coughs> the president of a record label isn't something that they just pluck you off the street for. It's not like a little big league situation. You uh, you must have had some background in, in something. Uh, I did. I uh, actually been at Arts and Crafts for about a 10 years. And before that, I had spent about half a decade in the major label system over at uh, Sony BMG. So I had, uh, you know, I guess I had my record industry chops and... Uh, and yeah, as I said, a lifelong fan of music, and just the <coughs> the idea of being able to work in music was something I always wanted to do. Would you Would you take in school? Uh, I did a degree in business. Business. Yeah. I can't uh, I can't play an instrument very well, so this was my path to uh, the music business. Nice. You know what? I appreciate that though, because uh, I think that one of the things that a lot of people sort of miss out on when, especially musicians, when they enter into the whole music thing, is they don't realize there's a whole business side of it. It's not just like Hey, I'm going to play these songs, right? There's, it needs to sell and you kind of need to sell yourself and all this other stuff. So it's nice to have some people who actually know a thing or two about business kind of at the head of it. So um, my sort of introduction with arts and crafts starts with uh, Broken Social Scene, as I'm sure most people. Mine as well. My, uh, my, back in, in 2000, I believe, my girlfriend at the time, her dad had told me, hey, you know, my friend is a musician as well, because I'm a musician, and he plays in these bands, and he's starting this new one, or he's, he's joined this band, Broken Social Scene, you should check it out, and I'm like, whatever, old man, I'll, I'm just going to listen to my, my Dashboard Confessional records, don't worry about it. But the name kind of stuck with me, and of course, I then became a fan. And then years later, I went to McMaster, and I had a friend who was a bass player in a band, and I had gone, gone to see them a couple times, played some... Uh, covers of death cab and what have you and then one day he just stopped showing up to class and then i saw him at a show and he's like yeah the band's gotten too big and that band was uh none other than the first non sort of broken social scene uh i don't know alum band to join arts and crafts which was why is the name escaping me all of a sudden Mosterine republic Mosterine republic and from there i kind of became a diehard fan of of everything that uh that arts and crafts have put out, but how did you kind of get started with the whole thing? Well, those are kind words. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I had uh, I mentioned earlier I'd worked at uh, one of the major labels, and uh, it was a great learning kind of experience for me. But at some point, uh, I kind of wanted to chase my passion, which was working with bands I felt a bit more of a kinship towards. Uh, I'd wanted to have more of a say in their careers and kind of not be constrained by working at a larger, more bureaucratic company. So. Uh, through some mutual friends, I got introduced to my business partner, Jeffrey, and uh, the rest is, I guess, is history. Okay, so <coughs> what sort of things does a uh, president do? Because I, I'll be honest with you, as much as I, I love music and have kind of been uh, a musician, I have no idea how the actual industry works. So, Well, the, the funny thing is, is uh, in the early days, I didn't either, I, you know. The, the naivety you have as a fan, whether you're a fan of, of fine food or a sport or music or whatever, there's something beautiful about not knowing the kind of inner workings of sure. that industry. And uh, you got to be careful. Like, um, 
I mentioned just before we, we pressed record here that I'm a big baseball fan. I don't think I'd ever want to work in baseball because <laughs> it, it, I think it would take the fun out, you know? Now, thankfully, that hasn't happened in music, but, you know, there was some kind of well, rude awakenings. You know, I, I, thought, I thought radio stations, I thought DJs picked what they wanted to hear. Oh, uh, yeah. Once yeah. upon a time, probably. Maybe, maybe it was. I, th- I thought uh, the manager's pick at a record store was actually the manager's pick, you know, not... <laughs> Not what was uh, nominated by maybe a label um, and, and you know right. put in that spot. So I learned I learned a bunch of things and and then when I came to arts and crafts I applied those um, and you know it's been a very very interesting challenging but ultimately gratifying time in our business with a lot of change. Yeah. And being independent uh, over that time has allowed us to kind of react quickly and um, serve our artists well. So you know in my current position now I do a little bit of everything. I. Uh, I help run the company, uh, which you know wouldn't be much different if you were in the music business or not. Uh, but uh, you know, more specifically, I manage uh, a few of our our acts and kind of oversee um, the bands we sign and you know how we promote them. And uh, it's uh, as I said, it's uh, I'm in a very fortunate position to have a, a job that really um, doesn't feel like a job. So you you kind of mentioned that you'd been doing this for just over a decade and you've been in the the business for even longer than that. So you've kind of seen the rise of the MP3 and the kind of decline of the music business and now kind of the resurgence with with vinyl and all that. What's your what's your sort of take on, you know, were you back in I don't know, we'll say like 2008 or something, were you like, "Oh no, I've chosen the wrong the wrong business to, to get into, or were you confident that it was going to come out the other the other side? Yeah, I don't think my faith in in the uh, in people's love of music has never wavered. You know, I, I used to say, kind of anecdotally, when I was having this conversation with friends or family, that people are listening to more music than ever. You know, right. you, you go to the gym and everyone's got uh, you know earphones in, thanks to you know iPods and iPhones and what have you. You know, you go on the on transit. It's the same thing. You can't watch a TV show, a commercial, a movie trailer. Music is everywhere. Right. So, uh, you know, there was enough smart people in the business that we're going to figure out a way. And and I think we're still, you know, we're not at the end game yet. But, but you know, we, with the streaming services and and whether it be vinyl or you know maybe you still want to buy a CD, but whatever whatever format you want or cassettes. Apparently, oh, sure. I don't really understand that one. But you know, I still have a cassette player in in uh, my car. So. Uh, don't knock it. Um, <laughs> but I think that uh, the idea being that, uh, and we've always kind of said this at Arts and Crafts, is it's not our kind of p- uh, place in the, in the business to tell you how or when you should enjoy music. Right. We just wanted to make sure that our artists, uh, you know, had the, had the kind of profile and the opportunity to be heard. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that there is... I spent a long period of time enjoying music paying literally no money for that music uh and that's got to be hard for somebody who's trying to you know live live off of it right so it you have to somehow translate that that enjoyment into dollars right because it, it's it's fine to to for a lot of people and especially when you're young when, like when i was a young kid i'm just like ah oh, they should just do it for the love of the music but like no you know you need to live and eat and and all that other stuff so like how has arts and crafts kind of been trying to uh, combat's not the right word, but like adjust with the music industry? Well, you know, going back a ways, I think we were one of the first labels to make our product available digitally, and, and we actually set up a, a digital store. This yeah. is going back ages ago. I remember that. You know, before the likes of iTunes had set up shop in Canada, 
um, you know, we, we've been in the vinyl game our entire existence, and we've always stuffed those vinyls with a digital download. That was, you know, we always tried to make, as I said, like um, our music accessible, like put the least barriers between mm-hmm. a potential fan and, and one of our bands. So how do I get that Forgiveness Rock record box set? Because <laughs> I've been looking. Um, and then, you know, as uh, the, the good thing and the, the bad thing about being small and, and independent is on one hand, we're not uh, beholden to these rules. We can kind of make our own up. You know, the flip side of that is we don't have the same power as uh, one of the major labels to kind of affect the change and regulation right. and technology that uh, maybe some of our, our, our bigger you know partners do. So... In some degrees, we're a bit, um, you know, beholden to what's happening on a larger scale in the industry. But um, I think I think we've adapted well, and, and and we try and be forward thinking as much as possible. But but in Canada and Toronto, especially, there's a certain reverence for arts and crafts. Like there's definitely uh, a contingent of people who will listen to a band because they are an arts and crafts band, having never heard of them or knowing nothing of their music. You know, the fact that that you guys have them on the label is enough for some people, myself included, to be like, hey, I wonder what, what they're about, right? So there's, there's got to be something to that. Like, Well, that, I think that's a testament to the bands on our label and the artists on our label that have come before them and, and uh, the, you know, the quality of music, the authenticity, uh, <laughs> the dedication to their craft. You know, that's, that's what keeps people coming back. All right, so let's, let's take a step back from music. I mean, I'm sure we'll come back to it at some point, but you said that you are a... Hardcore Torontonian. Yeah, uh, I am a very proud Torontonian. I, I love this city. It's been my home for, let me think now, almost 20 years. And, um, you know, I've lived uh, east, I've lived west. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've seen the city changing. And, and I just, uh, th- there's so much that the city has to offer. Uh, food, drink, sport, culture. Uh, so know. what is... Uh, sort of your version of Toronto what are some of your favorite spots in the city uh, I'm a you know I'm a I'm an East Ender and uh, that can be a very divisive uh, no, comment I'm to make don't worry I'm all for it man I live as far east as uh, almost as Toronto will let you get so so you know I have a, a bunch of neighborhood spots uh, including uh, where we're at right now Leftfield Brewery um, this is definitely uh, a place like no other in the city uh, if you're a lover of beer, if you're a lover of baseball, if you're a lover of neighborhood, which, you know, I think I am all three, then, then this is a great spot. Um, and, and, you know, in, in my neighborhood, uh, I have uh, have a, you know, I have a f- couple of favorite, you know, divey um, uh, bars that have great music. Uh, there's well, a spot called Bill Hicks on Queen Street. There's another spot just down okay. the road called the Hilo. And, okay. you know, they may not have been around for 50 years like your authentic uh, dive bar but they've done their best to kind of bring that that spirit and that vibe. You know, right. I, I grew up going to the Bovine. Oh uh, yeah, and of uh, course, yeah, yeah. And there's there's no substitute for that. But uh, you know, a great selection of uh, British rock and metal, and, and you can't go wrong. So I mean, speaking of the Bovine, we have we had venues like the Reverb and the Cathedral, and I'm sure that you're you're familiar with those places. And the kind of all ages scene has shut down. What are some of your favorite sort of venues around the city to see live music? Well, I think, uh, you know, the farthest end of the spectrum from a dive bar, but there's no better place for me to see and experience music than Massey Hall. Oh, I just yeah. think the, you know, the history in that building and the sight lines and the sound, and uh, I just love the place. I've seen so many great shows there, and I know they're going to be undergoing some renos and, and uh, will be closed for a short time, but 
there is there's no substitute. Otherwise, you know, like I think the Horseshoe and Lee's Palace. Uh, oh yeah, without question. You know, they're just stalwarts of Toronto, and those are the those are the first couple of bars uh, I grew up uh, going to see new bands. Yeah. And uh, you know whether or not they're still the coolest, uh, you know, so-called coolest, uh, they will be for me. Oh, for me too. One of the first kind of Toronto-based guests that I had on the show were was uh, Ben from Collective Concerts. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about Lee's Palace and the Horseshoe, f- for sure. So, okay, let, let's kind of steer back around to music. And I'm not going to ask you to pick your favorite arts and crafts band because that's like choosing amongst your children. <laughs> but what sort of records do you have in your collection outside of uh, the arts and crafts label? Well, that's a great question. You know, this was this was the uh, the Facebook post that's been kind of going around for the last couple of weeks. The, oh, top ten the in top high school. Top ten or in high school most influential records, and I was, I actually never made the post because I I couldn't I couldn't kind of come to an agreement on, you know, is it is it the most that you or the records you listen to the most? Uh, those may have faded from memory. Yeah. Um, is it the ones that you know you liked when you were thirteen or nineteen? Because I gotta say, my taste evolved, uh, thankfully, in so that time. I kind of did a mix. I was like, sort of three records that I listened to the most at in that period, three records that I've kind of stuck with me from that period, and sort of three records that like a little bit embarrassing, you know. Yeah, I like that approach. Yeah. You, you know, I have an older sister who was very influential in my in my musical taste, and she's about six years older than me, so. Uh, early, you know, teens were very much defined by her tastes, which evolved from, from, you know, 70s metal into 80s new wave. Oh, okay. So I, you know, I may have traded some, some Black Sabbath and some Cure records at one point. Nice. But, uh, you know, as I think as I became, you know, well, and every kid goes through the, the requisite classic rock phase. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Of course, of course. My Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and The Who and et cetera. But... But as I kind of came out of that, uh, you know, the grunge um, kind of onslaught of, of Soundgarden and, and Nirvana and the Pixies and Pearl Jam and everything that happened at that time, um, the Seattle scene, and, and then what we had coming out of Halifax made a huge kind of impact on me. And then and that kind of gave way then to some, some kind of um, post-grunge, if you will, things like... Um, for instance, uh, Hayden's Everything I Long For. Oh, yeah. Which is such an honor that we got the chance yeah. later in life to then work with Hayden. But, um, you know, I went to that 20th anniversary show uh, this past year, and, and uh, that was just an absolute, you know, point in my life that... Uh, so this is a specifically Toronto thing, but I once saw Hayden at Masonic Temple uh, being the musical act for Jono Vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think d- I saw him in the same building on the Mike Bullard show. Oh, it might have been Mike Bullard. Because I had a buddy who worked on both those shows, and I don't remember which one it was, but it might have been Mike Bullard, which is, uh, I feel like, very specifically Toronto. I think so. But yeah, so uh, post-grunge, you were saying. So what, what kind of things are you listening to now that, I mean, I guess music is your business, but when you, when you get home and you kind of want to listen to something that's not arts and crafts, what do you, what do you throw on? Well, uh, it's it's no secret that I'm a I'm a huge fanboy of Ryan Adams, and uh, and you know I uh, I saw him three times this year I think, and you know what started for him is like um, uh, you know with Whiskey Town and the whole alt country scene, and mm-hmm. you know he's he's a kind of closet metalhead, and I think that uh, there's some similarities. There must be some similarities that kind of flow through these musical lines, but. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because certainly working in music has, it, while it will never change your passion for it, right. it changes the lens I think that you experience music through. Like, oh, without question, I, I wish I could. When I hear a brand new band on the radio or you know from a friend, mm-hmm. my first question might be, "Hey, well, how did you hear about them?" and and I think, well, what label is this on? And who, which team did they hire? And, and right. So you're trying to hack it a little bit. Yeah, and, and I wish I didn't because it's, uh, it's not the purest way to experience it. But I, my, my mind cannot stop doing that. I think that that, that kind of comes with the territory. I mean, so I play music and I don't, I don't really, when I hear new bands, I'm not like, hey, you know, how did you hear about them? You know, what label are they on? But for me, it's just like, Oh, what was that? What, how did they do that weird thing with the drums? Or like, what was that guitar bass sort of combo going on there? And, and you can't help but dissect it piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have that same feeling where I'm uh, very jealous of someone who can just put something on, listen to it. You know, my, my girlfriend's this way. She'll, she'll put on a song and listen to it like completely sort of you know, take it for what it is. And I'm just like, oh, that's a crazy little drum guitar thing. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know, and I'll kind of play it back for her. And then you know, if I point it out, she'll hear it. But otherwise, it's just like I, I would never have noticed, you know, and I kind of I partially miss that. But I feel like, you know, w- with, with that sort of dissection, you probably discover things that you wouldn't normally discover. It allows you to dig a little deeper. Well, I would what, guess. Are you, what are you listening to right now? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> it's OK. So. I mean, I mentioned Dashboard Confessional earlier, and that wasn't, that wasn't a joke, really. But so uh, American Football mm-hmm. recently released a new album, LP2, I guess it's called online. And that's a big one for me, listening to that a lot. I actually recently bought, um, so my, my record player has been broken for a while. And uh, I recently got a new one and then started buying up all these vinyls. And I got uh, the Stills record that you guys put out and I've been listening to that on repeat a lot because when that first came out I was listening to that CD until it was like dead and I remember seeing them play a free show in like the distillery I want to say mm-hmm. and that was like that was the height of it for me but anyway so um, mostly a lot of like emo and emo revival I guess my, my big my big sort of uh, love has always been uh, oddly enough Toronto based uh, or around Toronto based Monine and the full blast and they played a bunch of shows and so i've been listening to those records non-stop um but also i mean and i'm not just pandering here um select few broken social scene records for sure i've always like i said my my girlfriend's dad like from way back when uh recommended it to me and i wasn't ready for it yet but God, like, you're making me feel old <laughs> no 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 i mean uh i just was like obviously my taste wasn't mature enough for that like it's 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 one of those bands that i was you know we're talking about sort of listening to things more than just surface level and i feel like i didn't really appreciate broken social scene until i fully like started deconstructing stuff because it i mean it's artistic on a level that's more than just like pretty guitars and you know Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah a lot of that on, on on heavy rotation but i'm i'm like i said i'm trying to get that uh that broken social scene box set so that I can enjoy it on vinyl because I've, uh, I mean, not to get too hipstery or anything, but like I've become obsessed with listening to records because 
I've been huge on streaming, right? Like, um, I got Google Music as soon it was, as it was available in Canada, only because you could upload your, your own music to it. But I find that I listen to a lot of music on Shuffle or like their playlists that they build for you, which is fine for discovering things, but I never listen to albums start to finish. But when I put on a vinyl, I'm not one of those guys who thinks it sounds better. I just like the fact that it forces me to at least listen to half the record before I turn it off. Well, it's active, right? It's not, it's not passive. Like right. I mentioned that there's so much music out there and people are listening to music almost every minute of the day. Uh, but a lot of that is passive listening. Yeah. And there's something about putting a record on, especially if you've got company over, um, you're kind of forced to pay attention. Uh, it might, it might un- uh, you know, uncover parts of the record, a song you might have skipped over before, or t- to your point, you know, the actual performance, uh, the recording of it that you just maybe you didn't hear before. Yeah. Uh, for me, a long time, it, you know, that was the same experience you had when you put on headphones. You know, you might hear something that you didn't hear before. Absolutely. And uh, but putting on a, a piece of vinyl, you know, you get it's tactile. It's uh, it's it's deliberate. It, you, you there's know, no you, next button. There's no next, and and you know, like our our vinyl collections are uh, are not infinite, uh, unlike the streaming services. Right. And and I don't mean any ill will because you know I have streaming subscriptions, and it is the most convenient way to listen to music and and it's probably the best way to discover something that you didn't know existed you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna spend forty dollars on a vinyl that of a band you've never heard of obviously. of course you know? and uh <coughs> yeah you know there's I, I suppose it's a trade-off between kind of discovery and then dedication uh because you, you know i i have kind of slowly been going back in time and 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 filling my vinyl catalog with those albums that mean the most uh, and have meant the most like right. my, my my top 10 high school list you oh. know is now is probably eight tenths represented in my well, vinyl well let's hear that list because oh. you, you never you never really uh, it's, said that's it probably too embarrassing i don't know well okay i'll tell you that like some of the highlights of mine were the band corn okay maybe not that embarrassing right so <laughs> uh or I, just different times i feel like you know you can you can kind of divulge a little. Yeah, well, you know, on the lines of embarrassing, like uh, I did get a Led Zeppelin tattoo when I was 17 years old. So That's not emb- <laughs> I mean, maybe it was at the time. I thought this is going to be my favorite band forever. This is a Monin tattoo. <laughs> so, you know, but... Um, Thank God this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to show you mine. But yeah, I mean, Led Zeppelin is uh, incredible. I was joking. I, I, I said on Facebook and I said... Man, like either um, I got way cooler friends than uh, than I knew I had, or uh, I just had really shitty taste in high school. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was stuck in that kind of classic rock rut for quite some time. And but you know, some of those records stuck with me. Like I mentioned that I was a huge Black Sabbath fan, and you know, I went and saw the farewell tour at the amphitheater last oh, nice. year. And, you know, it is you know they are not playing as you know hungry 25 year olds uh, right. in 1972 you know, or whatever still black sabbath it's though. still black sabbath and and you know uh, that record would get as much play now as it would or maybe not as much but you know what i mean it, it yeah. still holds the same place i mean i'll be honest with you like one of my records was blizzard of oz i was a huge randy rhodes guy i mean being a guitar player mm-hmm. i was just like this is the guy and he mm-hmm. also had the whole lore you know died at his prime and all this yeah. stuff so i think everyone goes through the whole classic rock and I, I'm sure, especially now that people can see that uh, that guitar documentary that uh, Jimmy Page did mm-hmm. with, uh, with Jack White. Jack White. It might get loud, right? Everyone's n- probably rekindled their love with uh, 
the guitar solo and, and Led Zeppelin. Well, they briefly that. did with uh, with the video games, you know, Rock Band and Guitar oh, yeah. Hero. But the the modern day Guitar Hero does not exist, you know. It's, no, it's, yeah. It's, there's no there's no equivalent these days. Well, I mean, again, this is kind of going back to like my post hardcore roots or whatever, but. I look at bands like there's a there's a select few bands like um, Protest the Hero, right? They do stuff on guitar that like I could never do in a million years, but it's not popular. I, I guess is what it comes down to. No, no one cares about guitar solos anymore. Not like the '80s where it's just like if you could rip on guitar, that's all that mattered. Or you know bands, you know like like thinking of the '80s, the the quintessential '80s guitar band like Van Halen, you um, know, yeah. where the the guitarist is truly the star of the band the, the band is not named after the singer uh, was that was that in your top 10 list there thing, no no it was not <laughs> <laughs> but if if you ask the eight-year-old version of me i'm sure it was nice yeah i mean i'll i'm not gonna lie i w- also went through a van halen phase <laughs> did I'm, you have spandex no 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 <laughs> didn't dress like them <laughs> just just listen to it on repeat okay one one other tidbit not embarrassing one what else what else do you got for us from the high school list? Yeah, what do you still listen to from that list? Uh, let me think. Uh, Soundgarden, Bad Motorfinger. That record. Oh, wow. Because okay. that was a nice bridge between that kind of classic hard rock sound and what was then becoming a modern sound. Sure. So that record has stuck with me because it kind of sat in both both piles, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and so, uh, you know, I put that record on just a couple weekends ago and I, I forgot how much I liked that one. Nice. All right, well... I got a question for you and I'm going to apologize in advance because I feel like it's a question that happens all too often. But if there's a young band out there kind of just starting out with, with big dreams, you know, being, being the head of a record label, what are your suggestions for them? Keep dreaming big, man. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's so many opportunities for, for musicians these days. Like, there's not just one path to success. Right. Um, you know, may, whereas in the past, maybe it was all about, you know, becoming a radio star or video star or whatever. Yeah. Uh, these days, you can kind of find an audience, uh, you know, several, several different ways. And uh, I think just to keep honing the craft and, uh, you know, building some fans. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting now because... Because of the internet, because things are so accessible, it's bands kind of have to find their audience before they find their support more often than not. How do you discover bands for the label? Multitude of ways. You know, I'd say for years, uh, our best source of uh, new bands was the bands themselves that were already kind of in the arts and crafts family. Okay. Uh, you know, <coughs> some shit hot opening band uh you know well they just pass something along to you or something uh, you know they pass it through our bands yeah and, that's what i mean and, so like uh, and then the, yeah one of your bands would be like hey you got you guys got to check exactly. these guys out yeah and so a number of our artists were kind of sourced that way mm-hmm. and, uh you know sometimes it's a uh like a cold submission you right. know uh not often not but, often but yeah, sometimes yeah. well it's uh, interesting because i was i recently sat down with the band pup mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with of that of course yeah but uh, one of the one of the suggestions that they gave for for new bands is like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know, like it's as much about being a good musician as it is about being a good person, mm-hmm. right? Like if people like you, they they'll be more willing to help you. And I guess that kind of comes down to like, you know, if you're if you're nice guys and and the band that you're opening for likes you, and obviously you write good songs, 
you know, they're probably more likely to be like, hey, you guys got to listen to this. As opposed to like, imagine you write the best songs in the world, but you're assholes. They're not going to be, they're going to be like, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. They're well, assholes. Little known fact, uh, but... Uh, Are you about Stephen, to tell me a band is an asshole? No. Oh. But Stefan, the singer from Pup, uh, for many years uh, worked at Arts and Crafts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when that band was starting to take off, I was, uh, you know, I had mixed emotions because Stefan was a great, uh, a great guy at the label. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he was working there up until Pup. Yeah. Oh, shit. Topanga at the time, but yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I mean, why didn't you pick them up? Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the arts and crafts aesthetic, in all fairness. Well, you know, I like to think that the the arts and crafts aesthetic has kind of evolved over the years to be um, a bit wider. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it could have fit. You know, um, we had another uh, employee um, who found success with the band Mets. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, I think maybe our new A&R strategy should be just signing the people that already work for us. Honestly... It makes sense that the people closest to the music industry are are the ones making the good music because, you know, they live, breathe, and eat it every day. And obviously the reason they got into it is because they have an intense love for music. And you said that you weren't able to play an instrument, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who work for you guys that uh, are aspiring sort of artists. Absolutely, yeah. All right, well... um, The last question I'm going to ask you... I normally ask a bunch of Buns questions, but... I mean, I don't know that you're an active Buns member. I'll say that uh, Buns is very popular in our office. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. We, I think a couple of uh, my colleagues, I, I assume that must have been kind of in the f- first initial wave of Buns. Yeah. Because uh, this is going back a little bit. Um, well, it was actually started by a musician. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of, um, I think, again, the aesthetic that goes uh, with kind of not just putting something up on eBay or Kijiji, Kijiji excuse me, yeah. um, you know, but actually meeting someone in person and, and getting something for something and making that connection. I, I right. find that, that that is consistent with what we were talking about, about putting on a vinyl record. It's a bit more deliberate. It's a bit more thought out. It's a bit more personal. Right. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and I think it kind of fits well with the... Uh the whole arts and crafts thing. I mean, it's also very much uniquely Toronto. I mean... <coughs> Soon to be taking over the world, though. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Anyways, my last question is, what can I trade you for all those sweet finals you guys put out? Oh, wow, that's a good one. Um, do Probably you, money. Uh, could you guarantee money for one. me a Blue Jays World Series championship? Oh, uh, I don't know what I would have to trade the MLB for that. Probably two, more than I have. So, no, but I'm hoping. Well, if you can, you have a deal. You heard it here first, guys. All right, thanks for, uh, thanks for sitting down with me. Man. Thanks for having me. Normally, this is the section of the podcast that I would put in music, but I'm not going to do that this week. I kind of want to get the word out there that if you have music that you want featured on the show, just email me podcast at buns.com. I want your music. I want to feature it on the show. And I want 
this to be a, a space where you know your audio can be heard it doesn't even have to be music if you create something that will translate to the podcast medium email me podcast at buns.com and i will play it what i'm gonna do well i lied i'm gonna play music but it's going to be oh are we wrong bun's favorite band duff and starship here we go Yeah. 